Hey, family, welcome to A Moment in the Word. Hopefully there's three things that will be done here. One, you will hear the word. Two, you will receive the word. And three, you will share the word. Now let's get to it. straight how about that i ain't gonna say nothing about it because i don't want to jinx it i don't want to mess it up i don't want to do nothing of such <laughs> how about that listen this is the day that the lord has made and we're gonna rejoice and be glad in it this is a moment of word and i am your host pastor elder dana t samuel i am the pastor of dsm outreach ministry right here in the city of detroit where our motto is changing lives one person at a time through the word of god Amen. Amen. Yesterday I came to you guys and we were in the Old Testament. We were talking about the book of Exodus, right? And we were talking about Moses being an advocate for you. And I told you yesterday that not only did God's word the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, the same way that Abraham advocated for Sodom and Gomorrah, his, his, his family member Lot, same thing you had Moses advocating for the children of Israel. And then we've got Jesus that advocates for us. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about there's nothing like the advocate that we have in Jesus. He's the one that no matter what it looks like, sounds like, no matter what the enemy may say, he advocates on your behalf, on my behalf. He gets right there when the accuser of the brother, when Satan comes in and try to call us guilty, we got Jesus who comes right in the midst and say, but you know what, Father? That was the reason why I got on the cross. You know what, Father? That was the reason why my blood was shed because my my blood was shed as an atonement mm -hmm. for their sins and for that there's eternal life because remember God sent his son Jesus into this world not to condemn it but that through him we all might be saved. Amen. Amen. So listen, let us get started today. If you have your Bibles, and I know you do, if you don't, you better go get it. I'm talking about get the one off the dining room table, get the dust up off of it. I would tell you to look at the Bible on your phone, but I'm scared if you go to do that, you're going to lose me. Right? Amen. Come on, get your Bibles because we're going to pick up where we left off last year. We're going to pick up where we left off at the earlier part of this year. You know, God is answering prayers. I'm right where I want to be. And that's with you guys at 11 o'clock. Hey, tell me that, hey, the faithful, if we faithful, fervent prayer to righteous availeth much. All we got to do is stay before him. Huh? I'm trying to tell you, God answered some prayers. He did mine. Now, you got your Bibles. Let us go. We are over here. We're going to pick up at Matthew chapter 6. Pick it up at verse 9 where we recite the Lord's Prayer. You ready? Let's get it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, y'all, let's get to it. All right, we are going over here today because, you know, I love the Old Testament. So we over here in the book of Exodus again. And I looked at this and I mean, I just kind of started jumping up and down. I got my glasses on. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So 
here it is. We're over here in the book of Exodus. And we are going to go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 through 35 for today's lesson. You know, it was something. I started laughing and y'all know me. I keep stuff plain, simple, and comical. It's like this. And if you need a title for it, you look different is the name of the title for this. Amen. Amen. So let, let, let's look. I'm telling you to get your word. I ain't got mine out. You know what? I, I picked that up, that, that hot thing. I got that from my grandmother, Hazel. My grandmother, God rest her soul, you know, something would get funny to her and tickle her. She wouldn't laugh like everybody else. She'd just go, ha! <laughs> and that would be it. All right. So here it is. Let me set this thing up for you. So you remember, you had Moses who had advocated to God, not to destroy the people. And God repented. Yeah, God repented. It's in the word. I'll go find it if I need to. But God repented and he told Moses, you know what? You're right. I am not going to destroy the people, but I'm going to do the work in which I said. I'm going to honor the covenant, the promises that I made to their forefathers. So with that being said, let us move forward. So now God has told Moses, Come on, let us go up here into the mount. I want you to come before the mount. Get yourself together. You come up here by yourself, right? And so he said, and get those pieces of stone. Because remember, out of Moses' anger, he had destroyed the tablets where the Ten Commandments had been written. So now God told him, okay, now you get some new stone. Come on up here. And I'm going to write on these stones. So as Moses had went to the mount to spend time with God, what Moses did not know is that he had been transformed. See, many of you all, when we start spending time with God, you don't look the same no more. Right. You don't walk the same no more. You don't talk the same no more. The things and places you used to go, you don't do that because you've been transformed. But let's get to the word here and where it's titled here. You look different. And so they start talking about Moses in verse twenty nine. Exodus thirty four, verse twenty nine. He says, and it came to pass. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses's hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses was not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. See, Moses didn't even know it. He, he didn't even know that his face, the skin had changed. And he says, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, or as they say, it shined. And they were afraid to come near him. You know, that's somehow some of the people are with us, right? When we change, they'd be scared to come around. It's like, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with it? Ain't nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto them, and Moses talked to them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord has spoken to him in Mount Sinai. Now, you know Mount Sinai, some, some things happened up in Mount Sinai. You remember when Jesus went to the mount. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother lesson, but I want to show you some correlation because as Moses stayed up there, well, let's stop there for a minute. When Moses went to Mount Sinai to speak with God, guess what? He too had also stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights and had fellowship with the father. 
See, he too stayed there and he had 40 days, 40 nights with God the Father, right? And so he imparted in him. Same thing as Jesus, when he fasted and he was in prayer for 40 days and 40 nights. It's something about the number 40 that's symbolic with God. God honors that number 40. Think about it. It's 40 days from Ash Wednesday unto Passover. God said it on more than one time. When you get ready to come before me, come 40 days fast before the feast gets started. And that's something I'm going to tell some of you all. It's some of you all, and I said something to somebody yesterday, I ain't going to call out by name, but it's something. If you got something that's going on in your life, and you want to see some change, you want to see some yokes broken, as a matter of fact, I'm even preaching to myself, if you want to see some things happen, go before the Lord 40 days. Give him 40 days. You say, oh, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Before you know it, then 40 days will come and go and you will see your life has been transformed. You will see that you have been changed in just a matter of time. Those yokes have been destroyed. Those bondages, those things that was holding you captive, whatever it was. Or say if you want some things to break new, you want some newness in your life. Give God 40 days. Oh, see. Because those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You got to come like this. In the yard, I praise. With your hands open, palms up. Lord, see, this is it. I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm looking for some transformation. I'm looking for you to change me. Okay, back over here in the word. Verse 33. Until Moses had done speaking with him, he put the veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the faces of Moses, that his skin, mm -hmm, it was still shining. And Moses put the veil upon his face and went unto to speak with them. So now let's talk about this. Let's talk about this veil, right? Because now that Moses has come down out of the mount with speaking with the Lord, his countenance has changed. His skin is different. He's been transformed, right? He's been transformed. And so now there's a veil that he's put here because that veil is that anointing, right? But the veil only comes off on two occasions. It comes off when he goes to speak with the Lord. And he also comes off when he goes speak with the children of Israel. Well, why is that? Well, it's just kind of like this. You know, when we start talking and we do this thing here, you know, I want to get an understanding. That veil comes off when he's speaking to God because that's his father. And the Lord is putting, making sure that Moses understands exactly what he's saying. He wants to make sure that the covenant that he's establishing, that which he's speaking, is established now. And the same thing when Moses goes to deliver that same message to the children of Israel. Do you understand the words that's coming out of my mouth? Do you see my eyes? You know, like when we're talking to each other and we decide we want to talk to you and we want to see you eye to eye because I need to make sure that you hear me. And you say, well, you don't need your eyes to hear. No, I don't need my eyes to hear, but it's my eyes that we make a point of contact. That, that way I know I have your attention. So that's what he does. So now turn on over for me. I want you to turn for me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going verse 13 
through 18 because we want to talk about the veil, right? We want to talk about the veil. What does that veil mean? What does that veil establish? When you get this, say amen or better yet, just give me a thumbs up. Hit the like button. That way I know you're there. All right. Second Corinthians chapter three. We pick it up at verse 13. Amen. Amen. And it says, and not as Moses, we got Paul talking and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. See, we get ready to talk about the law. We're talking about the blindness because remember, the children of Israel, they were a stiff-necked people, as the Bible called them. Or in latter terms, layman's terms, they were, look, like many of y'all, stubborn. Amen. Some of y'all, listen, God has called you to repentance. You don't want to do it. God has called you to a place of holiness. You don't want to live it. God has called you to a place of salvation. You don't want to accept it. God keeps calling you with the holy call. He's turned around putting stuff out here, miracle signs and wonders in your face that you know it ain't nobody but God who has done and who is doing, who has done, right? The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He had done it. He's doing it and he will do it. He's the only one that's doing it, but yet and still, you're still walking around with the stiff neckness. You're still walking around talking about ain't no God. Yeah, it is. You still walking around talking about didn't nobody, God didn't do that for me. I did it for myself. You know, I went to school and I work and I, mm-mm. Mm-mm. even for y'all that didn't go to school. Well, I got these gifts and talents. Where do you think they came from? We are not sufficient of ourselves, people, but all our sufficiencies come from the Lord. All right, I'm getting on back over to the word. And it says here, they're looking to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. Because you remember the veil of the Old Testament that was lifted with the, with the New Testament and the New Testament began with Jesus. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is often or is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Why? Because the veil, the Old Testament represented the law. Jesus came that we may be set free. He came to set the captives free. He came to abolish the law, right? But that we have life in him. And those who continue to return to the Old Testament, that blindness gets put right back on them. They can't see nothing. They can't see the liberty. They can't see the past, the blood of Jesus. All right, here we go. Verse 18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass. See, reflection. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory as by the spirit of of the Lord. Well, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, before I get to what that means, let's talk about these three symbolisms. Symbolisms. Okay. One, the veil, the veil typified the glory of the, of the Old Testament in contrast to the unveiled and abiding glory of the New Testament. 
right? So you've got the Old Testament, which was the law, and then you've got the New Testament where we walking in faith. Amen. Law, faith, because where there's faith, there is no law. Because remember the Old Testament, the laws were established because they had to turn around and make some boundaries for them to let them know that they were in sin. But now you've got the New Testament, which represents Jesus Christ and his blood. So now by faith, we're no longer bound by the law. We're no longer bound by that sin of the Old Testament because we have liberty. We have life through Jesus Christ. We have been set free through faith. Amen. Does that mean that you can go out doing what you want to do? God forbid. No, you can't do that. But what it does mean is that the sin that you have committed, you no longer have to go through the rituals of burning of animals and, all, and sacrifices. No, because Jesus made that one sacrifice when he slid his blood. Amen. Amen. Two, it represented the veil that was on the heart of the Hebrews of his day, symbolizing their spiritual blindness. They were too busy caught up on self that they could not see the glory of God. And I mean, think about it. You ready? Think about how, how foolish these people were. Here you are. You are led by Moses. God has sent Moses into Egypt. He has by his hand shown signs and wonders that you are his people and that he have not forgot about you. So what did he do? He allowed 10 plagues to come on the land of Egypt. Somebody just with them plagues ought to say, you know what? There's a God, because ain't no way in the world all this stuff going to happen at one time. But they didn't. Stiff neck. Then you think about the fact that here it was. Not only did the firstborn of every household that had not anointed their door died, and you woke up and you got all yours with you, what you thought was foolish, that should have been amazement. Should have been awe. Then you have the fact that now God has told Moses to bring you out of Egypt. And as you're going out of Egypt, you have made it to the Red Sea. And you say, oh, we can't even get past this. But now by the might, through the prayer of Moses, God said, here, yeah, we got a way of escape. And so can you imagine? I know I couldn't. I about passed out. They had to just drag me. Okay. It wasn't that I wouldn't be willing to go, but I would just pass out. Here it is, you walking, and you see the sea open up to this dry ground down there. You're looking at the whales and all the stuff that's in the water, just floating, fish, I mean swimming, and it's not bothering you. Listen, they wouldn't have, if I didn't pass out, I'd have been running because I would have been too scared for the water to come back in, but I'd just been stuck, all right? That wasn't enough for them. Then here it is, as he's continued to lead them, God has made himself be a pillar of fire by night. Some of us are still stuck there, just like these stiff necked people. Instead of you following God, you still stuck on what took place back then. Stiff neck. God has provided food for you to eat. You got manna coming from the sky. You got quail coming and then where you was in a dry desert there was no water but then you had Moses 
tap a rock. Now everybody's, listen, that ain't enough for you to turn around here and say, okay, there is a God. And then because you got some folks that's foolish, got too much idle time on their hands. Well, now you see Moses gone away again to get instruction of the Lord. Me, I'd have been trying to pack Moses a, a, a lunch bag here. You need a travel bag. You need a sandwich. What do you need to go while you're on your journey to go spend time with the father? Because I want to wait and make sure you got everything you need. I want to make sure you got some sustenance because I don't want you to faint or fall out when he's giving instruction that you bring him back to me that's going to edify my life. But instead, they decided, let's take some earrings and take all the stuff that you got, and we're going to make us a molten God. We're going to make us a golden calf. Are you serious? And I don't even know how Mo and I don't even know how Aaron went along with it. I, I think they must have bullied Aaron. They must have scared him, right, to make him do these things. But they did not receive. They were not able to see the Holy Spirit, they were not. I mean, even after they sat there and they left, God told them it's time for you all to move. And there he had the tabernacle constructed outside the camp. When they saw Moses go towards the tabernacle, they didn't want to go and worship with him. Instead, they just sat there and looked at him like, look at him, there go again. And then all of a sudden, they saw the cloud come down. That's the shit kind of glory. They turned around and they had the opportunity to see God come down, the presence of the Lord, and dwell there. Now, Joshua, on the other hand, Joshua said, you ain't going without me. And when Moses left out the tabernacle, Joshua stayed. See, because he's getting that anointing imparted upon him. But they couldn't see the Holy Spirit because they was too stubborn. Don't you be like that. Well, you so stiff, you so stubborn in your ways that you feel to see the move of God. But instead, you be receptive of it. Amen? Amen. And so when you begin to commune and spend time with God, you're going to look different too. But let me get to my third point because y'all know I, I done went all off the way. The third point is this one. It applies to the unveiled vision given to the believer. See, that's you and I. By the Holy Spirit. God has given us a, a vision. If you are a believer, then you too, like Moses, are in the process of being changed, transformed, renewed. And you know what you're being changed and transformed and renewed to? You're being changed, transformed, and renewed into the image of God. How about that? You're being changed, transformed, and renewed because the more time that you spend with God and fasting and prayer and reading his word and fellowship with other Christians, the more you spend time with Jesus, the more time you spend time, the more you'll find that your life has changed. You'll find the fact that you no longer look the same, act the same, do the things that you used to do. As it said, you look different. Amen. What does 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 say? Here, let's read it. I can tell you what it says that you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Amen. Amen. And that's what it said. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You look different. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as being your Lord and Savior, if you don't know him as being your Lord and Savior, 
Listen, I'm not going to turn to it now, but I'm going to call it out so you know where to go to. Go to Romans chapter 10, picking up at verse 8, right? 8 through 13, because it tells you that through the confession of your mouth, man is made to salvation. So if you believe Jesus, or if you confess Jesus as being your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if you confess your sin, he is just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, right? You say, well, how does that happen? Here, let's do it. You ready? Real simple. Father God, I come to you just as I am. I'm not perfect, but you said I didn't have to be. You said just come. And so, Father, today I'm confessing you. I'm asking that you come into my heart and you be my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I'll do my best to live for you. Did you say that? If you did, happy birthday. For today you have been born again, not of flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. You say, well, how did that happen? Go on over there to the book of John chapter 3. You'll see a wonderful conversation that has took place between Jesus and Nicodemus, where Nicodemus said, how should I see the kingdom of God? And he said, you got to be born again. Well, wait a minute. Born again? Am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said, no, you have to be born again of the spirit and the water. Right? Be baptized. Hmm. That's baptized. That water baptism means salvation. No, it means it's an outward expression that you agree with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. When you go down into the waters, like going down into the watery grave. Amen. Amen. But you stick and stay. And if you don't have a church home, listen, I will pass you virtually until we get back into a building to the Lord says the same. If not, you go and find you a local church somewhere close that's teaching the word of God. Amen. Amen. And don't you get out of it. Stay there. I don't care what come up. I don't care what happened. I don't care how many times you fall down. You get up, dust yourself off, and you stay in that word. Amen. Amen. I love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I'm going to see you tomorrow at 11 o'clock. God willing. How about that? Bye-bye. joining us today in a moment in the word again as I said in the beginning I hope that there was three things that you took away here one that you were able to hear the word two that you received the word and three that you go and share the word remember right here we change your lives one person at a time through the word of God I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it <laughs>